broken from the journey, beaten from the struggle, straining to see his hand at work in me. In the middle of confusion, doubts and delusion, I wonder if God is even listening. But when he speaks, I know his voice. When he speaks, my soul does rejoice. When he speaks, my heart knows no fear of the peace when he speaks. The second verse talks about what all of us are experiencing this morning, and we just need to allow God to minister to us. I'm struggling for answers in the seas of my trouble. Drowning in the waves of life's ocean's tide. Desperate situations, life's complications. I look for a safe place to just run and hide. But when he speaks, I know his voice. When he my soul does rejoice when he speaks my heart knows no fear of the peace when he speaks oh i've been broken from the struggles Training in the battles, hoping to see God's just will work in me. In the middle of confusion, doubts and even delusion, I wonder, God, are you listening? But when He speaks, I know His voice. My soul does rejoice when he speaks. My heart knows no fear of the peace when he speaks. One more time, the chorus without the music. When he speaks, I know his voice when he my soul does rejoice when he speaks my heart and nose no fear of the peace when he speaks I clothed in glory 
exalted high and the train of his robe filled the temple and the angels gathered round they began singing you are holy oh so holy you are holy Lord of all and woe is me
to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. I tried with all my might, just couldn't win the fight. Was slowly drifting, a vagabond. But just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me that I was not alone. And then he picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, cause he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I am not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So long to my old friends, hallelujah. Burden and bitterness can just keep moving. Now you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how he saved my soul. This wayward one has found my way back home. Because he picked Turn me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I am not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Oh, I am free. He's the reason that I 
up, get up, get up, get up, bow that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up, bow that grave. Amen. When the children of Israel began to moan and complain at the water's edge about the shape they God is on our side. He's gonna lead us across the waters, no matter how deep or wide. For my God is able. Yes, He is able. Nothing is impossible.
was a sinner too well I heard a voice from heaven saying there is work to do I took my master's hand and I joined that heavenly band and now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord yes I'm on the battlefield for my Lord yes I'm on the battlefield for my Lord I promised him that I would serve him till I die now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord oh yes I'm on the battlefield for my Lord yes I'm on the battlefield for my Lord well I promised him that I would serve him till I die now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord I was a I was a sinner too well I heard a voice from heaven Saying there is work to do I took my master's hand I joined that heavenly band And now I'm on the battlefield For my Lord Yes, I'm on the battlefield For my Lord Yes, I'm on the battlefield For my Lord Well, I promised him that I Would serve him till I die And now I'm on the battlefield For my Lord Lost my flag in battle, left in my hand, yeah, headed for that over in that glory land, that victory's land I trod, crying sinner, come to God, now I'm on the battlefield, Lord, oh yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, well, I promised him that I would serve him till I die, now I'm Lord, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I want you to stand and sing that chorus. It's very repetitive. It's easy to sing. Well, stand I'm on morning. the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. Now I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Yes, I'm on the battlefield. scripture that Bobby, Bobby taught Thursday night on the last spur of the moment. Maria was sick, our teacher normally on Thursday. And Bobby taught, and this was a verse that he used at the beginning. I didn't say nothing to him about it because I done had it wrote down for today. 
but it, it, it's a verse that you've heard all your life. It's in Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, Come unto me, Jesus said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my, I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I want to talk to you today about our rest in the Lord. If there's something going on in our world that's upsetting you and it's causing you to have all this anxiety and all of this fear, listen to what I'm telling you, God's people don't have to live in that fear and anxiety. Nikki sang a song, and in that song she's talking about, she used the word of fear, and she used the word of doubt. I've got both of them wrote down here. Why? Because fear and doubt is what's going on even in the church. There's a reason fear and doubt's going on in the church. Number one, we don't have rest in God. We have to find out where the rest is, and that's where we should be. Where is your rest? Number one, it's in faith in Jesus Christ. I believe he will do what he says he will do, and nothing the enemy can do about it. Amen. For you, for me, for whoever is holding on to God. Listen to what I'm telling you. Jesus Christ paid a price none of us could pay. And if you put your faith in him and believe every word he says, nothing you've ever done, nothing you ever go through will change that. He will hold you in the palm of his hand. And I want to tell you something. You need to not only hear that, but you need to make up your mind. I'm going to rest in that. I'm resting in the arms of Jesus. You need to rest in the arms of Jesus. Sometimes the enemy knocks me off my feet. Sometimes fears and doubts will rise and they will upset my little world. Sometimes it's through the people that we love, our children, our grandchildren. Sometimes it's through our friends. Sometimes through our jobs. Sometimes it's through our country. All these fears and these doubts come. Listen to me. I don't care what the news says. I don't even care what the churches are saying when they talk about fear and doubt they're not trusting in the one that they should believe in because he is the author and finisher of our faith how many knows what I'm saying he's what we have to hold on to I got nothing else and there ain't nothing good in me I can't stop what they're doing but I know what he can do and I know that's where my faith is to be it's not in what man says. Man keeps, I keep telling you, man on the news will tell you what the question is and then they'll tell you what the politically correct answer is. And can I tell you, they don't even know what the question is because they ain't never read who's in charge. They don't know the one that's in charge. I want you to turn, if you will, I want you to turn to Jeremiah 6, the 6th chapter. I want to read something. You've heard this all your life. You've heard these things I'm talking about. And when we get into Israel, uh, DJ taught this morning in our Sunday school class, and he was talking about 
how all those things in the Old Testament point to the New Testament and all of those stories. Can I tell you something? What was said to the Old Testament and to Israel, the church needs to pay a close attention because it was an illustration God put in his word for you and I to read. This Bible's been put together and it's put together for you and I to grab a hold of it. And get what God is. Get who he is. Get what he's telling us to do. Before I go there, I'm going to read one verse. It's in 1 John 4, 18. The, there is no fear in love. Wow. Now, you know, that old fear rises up on everybody. But there's no fear in love. Perfect love cast out fear. Do you really believe Jesus loves you? Do you really believe that God said it, that he would take care of you, that he'd go before you, that he'd go with you? Do you really believe the Holy Spirit would never leave you nor forsake you? Because see, it says here, if you'll fall in love with him, if you'll really get to know who Jesus is, don't wait for me to tell you who he is. Learn for yourself. Get on your knees and talk to him. Get on your knees and get on your Bible and get a hold of it. And listen to the words that the singers are singing. Because I'm going to tell you something. They're rolling out the Holy Spirit carpet. How do I say it? When they began to sing songs that God has laid on their heart, and DJ is talking about peace. I want to talk about peace tonight. But can I tell you something, other? It's all in those words. God is speaking through singers. He's speaking through Sunday school teachers. He's speaking his words through things that we have to feed upon. Praise God for God's illustration. He says, perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. You ever been tormented by fear? Oh, they're going to mess around. You know, I got all that news about the train. That's Norfolk, so that's who pays my retirement. I told Shirley, I said, hey, I'll jerk our retirement. I have to pay for those things. You know what? I'm not going to allow the enemy to cause me to fear that because he's a liar. And if I lost every dime of my retirement, can I tell you something? I'm still belong to Jesus, the one that's in charge. You got to make up your mind. I don't run on what they do. I don't run on what, how many trains they run. I don't work that way. I am not looking at my retirement for that. I'm looking for him. I want to see Jesus. When I get to heaven, imagine it. I, I can't imagine but I can run up and down those streets of gold for a million years, but I want to see Jesus. That's who I want to see. He paid the price for every one of us. If there's ever to see my father and mother again or my lost loved ones or those, if they're ever got a hope for tomorrow, it's in Jesus. It's what he has done. That's who I want to go to heaven for. He that fear is not made perfect in love. Learn to love Jesus. Learn to fall in love. Start stepping in that direction, Christian. Listen to me. 
Don't look at what do I do, what is good for me, what is it that makes me feel good about myself coming to church and going out the door. I want to fit in, I want to do this, I want to do that. Let me tell you something, fall in love with Jesus, he'll place you into that place where you're resting in him and the fears will go out the door because you'll fall in love with who he is. I want you to look at Jeremiah the sixth chapter. I want you to look at verse 13. It's a sad thing to look around and see the church falling away. It's a sad thing to see all that Jesus did and people drift out the door and don't come back. And, it's, and they drift out and they don't think they need God. They've tried it. There's nothing to it. There's not enough to keep them entertained. They're bored with it. Can I tell you, Israel got the same way. All that God had done for Israel, chose them, picked them out, did everything for them, provided all they needed. Jeremiah 6, verse 13. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. What is covetousness? It's that greed. They have begun to live for self. Don't, don't, I don't really want to pick at America, but can I tell you, can't you see a life, that the life is going the same direction? Don't you see why God had these things written down? He wrote them to Israel. They were heading for trouble. They were heading for bondage. And God was sending Jeremiah, he sent Isaiah, he sent Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all these prophets to tell them and warn them, don't go there, to repent. But they wouldn't hear it. It says, everyone is given to covetousness, and from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone deals falsely. They were false prophets. They were telling they were telling everybody to ignore Jeremiah's warnings. That's what they were doing. You know what? You can listen to enough churches today to tell you everything's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Oh, we're doing good. We're so much blessed. We're so much better than any other country. We're all these things in a bag of chips, you know? We're all of that. When the truth is we know Christians, you know, if you know God, that God's not happy with what's going on. God's waiting for people to humble themselves and to cry out, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you for everything I need you. It says, verse 14, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly. Listen to that. That's an odd statement. But he said, they've hurt my people. How are the churches hurting the people? They're telling them everything's okay. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to tell you it's okay. I won't tell myself and I won't tell my kids and I won't tell my grandkids and I won't tell my wife. It's okay, honey. Just do whatever you want to. God don't care. I won't do it. I will tell what God says tell. Because, not because it's me, it's just I know in my heart I must align myself with him. Do you know I go to the chiropractor every two weeks? I have to pay him $55 every two weeks. 
And what does he do? He aligns me up. You ever hear of that? That's kind of crazy, ain't it? I get down on the, on the table, and I pay this guy money to beat, my, beat up on my back. <laughs> yeah, he cracks and pops, and, and I'm waiting for him to, to hit me the wrong place, and I'm going, <gasps> you know, I'm doing all that all the time. He told me one time, first, first couple times I went, so you're going to have to go a little quieter because you're running off all my people out, <laughs> out there waiting. I know he was kidding with me, I think. But, but can I tell you, I go to that pra- chiropractor to get an alignment. Christians, we need to go to prayer to get an alignment. We need to get aligned with God. And it don't need to be once every six years. We need to get on our face and say, Lord, I want to get back in alignment with you. I'm out of line. My back, I can't operate on it. It's just the muscles pull my back crooked, pull my vertebrae crooked. And my, my uh, nerves back there get in a, a twist and it puts me on the floor. And I got to play this game of going back to the chiropractor. And you know what? I walk in smiling and I come out smiling because I realize he's helping me. I realize I got to do it. I got to do it to keep in alignment. Otherwise, I'll be pulled over and I'll be sitting on the floor somewhere and whining about it. But with Christ, he brings me into his word. He brings me into his spirit. He brings me in there and says, get aligned. You need to keep alignment with what God's doing. His presence needs to be in your personal life. This is a personal thing. He said, verse 14 again, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Isn't that sad? Jeremiah's writing to him saying, all the way from the top, from the priest and the prophets down to the bottom, people are dealing falsely with people. They're telling lies. They're not telling the truth. They're not living for God. And when Jeremiah comes and tells them that you're telling all these people, peace, peace, and there is no peace, I don't care what they tell me on the news. I know it ain't fixed. Can I tell you, we got the only way they're going to fix it is when we begin to repent. When a revival breaks out and people that are supposed to be children of God begin to cry out, Lord, we want your way in this country. Then I won't hesitantly, flippantly go down and just vote for any old thing. I don't care if it pleases you, me, or anybody else. I've got to vote the way God said vote. I've got to choose to walk the way God says choose. He goes on to say, verse 15, were they ashamed when they had committed these abominations? No, nay. They were not ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall, and at the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, listen to this. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Oh, man, that rubs people wrong way. No, I don't want to go back to the old paths. 
What are you talking about the old path? Don't tell me we got to get a banjo up here and start singing bluegrass. Don't tell me we got to start doing all those old things they used to do. Let me tell you something, other. There ain't nothing wrong with the presence of God. I don't care where it's coming from. I don't care what song they're singing. If it's in the presence of God and God has willed it to be, where he's doing the work. It ain't about what you like or dislike. It's not what your opinion is about it. We need to want what God wants. He says, Thus said the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And you shall what? Find rest. Uh-oh. You mean the Old Testament's got it written that we need to have rest? How many knows God wanted Israel to trust him? He just wanted them to believe him. He just wanted them to know I'm big enough to whip any enemy that comes against you. I can defeat any foe. We sing about it. We talk about it. But sometimes we run around fear and doubt and no faith and we're just beat to death. And every little thing pops up. We run back again in fear. I'm not picking on nobody. God help me. But we need rest. I want you to listen that what we need is to rest in him. That's what we have. He says, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, listen to what Israel said to him when Jeremiah said that. But they said, we will not walk therein. And then God said through Jeremiah, also I have set a watchman over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. That means listen to the warnings. People's not listening to the warnings. They're not listening. I'm not, I'm not talking about myself. All across this nation, every time I can turn on the radio coming over here and I'll find some preacher preaching his heart out and he probably ain't got a handful of people, but he's preaching his heart out saying, repent, come back to God. He's talking to church people. You think the world's getting up on Sunday morning listening to that? No. He's talking to the church. God has sent the message to the church. He said, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. That's about where America's at. We don't care if we're being disrespectful to the church. We don't care if we're making fun of Christ. We don't care if we're making fun of God or God's people. How did they get there? Number one, the church don't stand up and be the church. That's why they're so easy to come against. They ain't afraid of the God inside of you because God's not going to act in the way we're living. Okay. I want you to turn to Romans 10th chapter, the fourth verse. Romans 10, 4. How many knows the church needs to repent to return to what Christ has given us. If he said, come to me and I will give you rest, we need to return to what he's told us. Come back to the rest. We need to search till we get it. We need to seek it with all of our hearts. 
It says in, John, in Romans 4.10, he said, For Christ is the end, chapter 10, verse 4, is where I'm starting, Romans 10 and 4. And it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That means your good works ain't getting you nowhere. That means you can do good deeds all day long and try to earn your way into heaven, but you're not getting there. That means you can fill this pew up every week. You can shout the loudest. You can have all of the things, the talents and everything else and dedicate your time to some of it. But until you give your heart to him and believe him and hold faith in him and trust what he's doing, you're not making it. You won't have rest when it comes. But he's saying here that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law that the man which does them shall live in them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. You know what that's telling me? I don't care how good you get at this. You, you know what? There's many ministers that have very good vocabulary. They can speak words and never offend you at all. They're very good at it. But can I tell you, if they don't tell you the truth, they're, they're, all they're doing is making their self feel better about their self. They think they've got a, they're in a class above you. Let me tell you something. You come into this little church you know what? Can I tell you something? I don't care how great you are. You might be the greatest singer in the world, the greatest musician in the world, but if you ain't come to fit into the church and the house of God and to God's people, guess what? You probably need to move on to a better class of people. And can I tell you, there's only one church. So when you find them, hold on to them. Because I can tell you right now, God brought everybody here that's here, hold on to each other and begin to love each other like we're supposed to. We're not one of us better than the other. There ain't a pruin here one bit better than anybody in here. I want you to hear that. My father knew it. My father said it many times. There's no lone rangers and there's no big eyes in God's kingdom. Get over yourself. Let it go. It ain't, that ain't what saves you. That ain't what delivers you. It says, it doesn't matter. It says it's not what we can do, but Christ has already done this for us. More or less, Jesus already went into heaven for us. Jesus already went into the deep. You can do so much good works, you're up here in the sky and everybody's looking at you and praising you for who you are. And can I tell you, there ain't nobody needs to be lifted up like Christ needs to be lifted up. Nobody. You don't need to, the, you don't even need to do many mighty miracles to prove anything. Jesus Christ already done the work. He's already the one that's to be raised up He's the one that's be lifted up. He's the one that you put your faith in. Church is striving for things sometimes, and I look at it and I think, what's wrong with that? Something's wrong with what they're striving for. 
And I'm nobody's judge. But we just have to believe in him. Decide and to accept and believe by faith in Jesus' complete work at the cross. Jesus did everything we needed for us to make it all the way home. To save you, to grow you up, to prepare you to be the bride of Christ. Did you know Jesus has already paid for it all? All you got to do is walk therein. You and I, we're to walk in it. I wrote a song a few years back. I've hardly ever sung it. But it's called, My Mind's Made Up and My Heart Was Set. I'm not going to sing it to you, but that's all it was about. My mind's made up, my heart's been set. And I'm going on with Jesus. You know what? Somewhere in your life, you got to make up your mind. you got to quit playing in and out. Am I good enough? Will I do this? Will I do that? Will I fail? I'll probably fail. I probably shouldn't do nothing. Just sit back. Maybe I just won't come. I don't like the way they teach. I don't like the way they sing. I don't like this thing or that thing. God has made a provision for you to come into the house of the fold of Christ. And that's where we need to be until God says, go somewhere else. They're not speaking about me. It goes on to say, that if thou shalt confess with a mouth, verse 8 first, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That means we're supposed to speak the word of faith. We're supposed to speak faith. We're not supposed to see how good we can get and rise up and we're not supposed to see how uh, lowly we can be and humble ourselves down. Jesus, we're supposed to be humble before him, but it ain't about them looking at you. It's about them looking at Christ in you. I mean, here's what I'm saying. It's about you reaching out by faith and saying, Lord, I need you. I don't have to go up to prove Christ to you and bring him down, and I don't have to bring him back from the dead to show you anything. All I got to show you is I got to believe in my heart and speak his truth when he lays that in me. And can I tell you, it'll start a revival. It'll start a revival when people start being obedient to the voice of God. The voice of God, that's all you've got to hear. And then it goes on to say, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We're only righteous as we believe him and what he has done. It ain't our righteousness. It's his. It's a better righteousness. Can I tell you? It's what God has sent. All the way back in Isaiah 28. There's two verses I'm going to read. You've heard it, and some of you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to read it. Why? Because it's, it's got something in it that I want you to hear. It says in Isaiah 28, verse 11, listen to what Isaiah is saying. For with stammering lips, uh-oh, 
and another tongue will, I, will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Uh-oh. You mean all the way back there, he was telling them how to find the rest? He was talking about the Spirit of God. He was talking about the very presence of God. All the way in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians in the 21st verse, one verse, it said, Paul said the same thing. He said, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak to this people. And yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. God brought the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and he lit up the place. I don't know what's all going on down at Asbury College, but I can tell you what happened on the day of Pentecost. They began to speak in tongues, and, that, and the fire fell, and they were saying words that they didn't even know because they were speaking in languages that everybody heard that was gathered from another language. And God lit up the place with his presence. And the disciples didn't have a choice. They just jumped up and stayed right in the middle of it. Praise God. You know what? God knows how to bring the revival. He knows how to light up full gospel assembly, and he knows how to light up any church and all churches that will come to him. Why am I telling you that? The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Uh oh. So I need that spirit. Yes, I need that spirit. You need that spirit. Let me tell you something. You want to find rest? You need the spirit of God. If you walk in the spirit of God and you live and feel the presence and he speaks to you and he's with you when you're reading your Bible, he's with you when you pray and when that song kicks on and it starts singing to you what you've already been praying about and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fills the room and you begin to shout and say, Lord, you knew I was thinking on that. Let me tell you something. I need that spirit of God in me. I need to feel his presence all around me. And that gives me rest. Listen to me, Christian. If you're struggling, listen to what I'm telling you. Find the place of rest. It's in his presence. That's one place it is. And the other place is in faith in him. Two things I think he's telling us. One of them is have your faith in the right area. Don't have it in faith in faith, faith in man, faith in music, faith in anything. Have your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And he will fill you with the spirit of God and the faith that you carry inside your heart is what he said you must have to, have, to be a child of God. That's why I wanted to read that about being saved. I want you to understand you need that faith. It says by the Spirit and in the Spirit. Those scriptures I read to you, it's by the Spirit and it's in the Spirit you'll find your rest. There, the other one is, and that's, this rest is by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It might look good, Ken. It may not be no good at all. It may not help you one bit as a Christian. 
But if you are walking by faith in Christ, I've been up here and prayed with people and felt the power of God all around and the person never got healed. I've also been up here when it seemed like nothing was going higher than your head. And yet the Holy Spirit would speak to that person, would heal that person. They'd walk out of here with their hands praising God because God moved on them. It ain't about what we think it looks like. He knows exactly how to answer prayer. All he needs is somebody to say, I'm stepping forward in faith, and I believe that Spirit of God's telling me to go get prayed for, and then watch what God will do. Because that's where we're lacking. We're lacking because we don't believe, oh, well, we're waiting for a certain person to be here or we can't get prayed for. Let me tell you something. I'd love to go down there to Asbury and just sit back, Asbury uh, College, and just sit back and enjoy the presence of God. Ronnie said they went down there, Bobby, and he said we didn't have, they wasn't doing anything, just sitting there. But the Spirit of God was like a cloud in there. They weren't putting on a big show. They weren't singing some big song. They just sitting there and said the Holy Spirit was so, and people were standing out line outside trying to get in. And nothing seemed to be going on. Why? Because when God shows up, he don't have to put on no show. He knows exactly how to reach your soul. Praise God. See, that keeps man from doing it. That keeps man from getting the glory for what he's doing, what's happening in the church. It's got to be what he's doing. Also in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ, Paul said, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. There's my faith. I'm not supposed to live in this life pleasing myself, doing what the world said. Find out what your kid likes and send him to all the colleges and pay all the money and give them everything that you can give them and let them go out there and find their way. And then you'll wish to goodness you could drag them back into the church, throw them down and say, listen, you need to hear what God says. Don't hear what the world says. Isn't that hard for me to say? I got all kinds of, I got kids and grandkids right here to go to college. I'm not a bit, a bit against it. I praise God they're a lot smarter than I am. But the real truth is I worry because the world's constantly trying to draw them in. And they need Jesus everywhere they go. They need him everywhere. Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us, listen to this, Christian, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race set before us, looking unto Jesus. Why? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. That's who he is. When we take our eyes off Jesus and we think we're ready to walk this way, Lord, we don't need you no more. You got us here. We'll, we'll take it the rest of the way. Look out because you're asking for trouble. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the same, despising the shame, and sat down with the right hand of the throne of God. Somebody said it earlier. I think it was Nikki. 
And it's in Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. That's the freedom. You want to talk about the freedom you got in Christ? Stand fast in your freedom. Stand fast in it. Wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If we have not rest, listen to me all of you. If we have not rest, we will live in fear and doubt without faith and without the power of the Spirit of God. That's when you'll find yourself living a defeated life. Fear and doubt will rise up every direction. Every time you think you had a good day, tomorrow the enemy's going to hit you with something and before you, so, before you know it, you think you can fix it. You'll be doing everything that the world told you to do to fix it. Money ain't going to fix your problem. You don't know how many times people come in here and ask for money. And I can give them $50 for gas, but I have looked at them many times and said, that's not going to change what's wrong. $50 gas ain't going to get you big kicking the can down the road. You need to change your ways. You need to come to church. You need to find out Jesus loves you. They never come. You know? And after a few times, I say, I'm not going to give you no more money. You come to church. We'll talk after you get out of church. But till then, don't come. Because they know. They got a sign out there that tells us exactly when service starts and when it's over. And they always come right then to service. And I'm not trying to put nobody down. God help me. I don't want to shut up of vows of mercy. And I don't want to shut off being kind to people. You know what? Everybody here has probably had times where you needed help. Not picking at that. But after a while, you get to seeing it. And you begin to realize you're not helping them. All you're doing is giving them an ability to keep doing what they're doing. Hebrews 4, I'm almost done. Come on back up, mate. Hebrews 4, look at verse 1. This chapter talks a lot about the rest. It said, let us therefore rest, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you seem to come short of it. For unto us the gospel is preached as well as unto them. Talking about Israel. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise. DJ was talking about how God's used illustrations. He has used physical things. Listen to me. He uses physical things to explain spiritual things. Do you remember a couple, three weeks ago, I talked about Jesus being tempted by the devil? How he came up there and Jesus had hungered for 40 days and 40 nights he hadn't ate. And the devil said, if you are the son of God, turn that stone into bread. What did Jesus say to it? Man don't live by bread alone. That's the flesh side. Enemy wants you to worry about the flesh side. Satan wanted him to worry about the flesh side. 
But Jesus says, man don't live by the, by the flesh. Man lives by the word of God, not by the bread. Praise God. You know what? As much as you like to eat. Oh, man, let's talk about it. That food was good last night. I'm not even a taco man, but that was good. And the, and the sweets were even better. But the truth is, you eat every day. Your body says, feed me. Your spirit should be saying, I need more Jesus. Feed me, Lord. Feed me more, Lord. I need you. You know, that's, that's what Jesus was saying. DJ, I was thinking when you said, say something, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how Jesus said, have them all to sit down. And he gathered, the, he gathered the little loaves and fishes, and he began to feed them. And what did they come up at the end? Twelve baskets. And I thought that's got something to do with feeding. It wasn't that he was feeding them the flesh. He was feeding the spirit of those people. He was reaching out and preaching God's Father's word to these people. And he was doing that, and he, sure, he did a miracle. He fed them all as they sat there in the field with the two little loaves, or the five loaves and three fish. But what he was really saying to him is the words that I've been giving you. You remember what he says in Matthew 4? That's what he was talking about. Well, guess what he says in John 4. In John 4, when Jesus had sent the disciples in and he was sitting at the well with a little lady and they came back. And here he's talking to this Samaritan girl. And they looked at Jesus, disciples did in the meanwhile and said and prayed him saying, Master, eat. You was hungry, that's why you sent us to get food. So eat. Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Hallelujah. You know what? I get that. I, dumb as I am, I get that. Ain't that beautiful? Jesus says, I got meat to eat you don't know nothing of. More or less when I fed this woman the words of God, it fed me. So much that I was so filled up. You know, it fills you up to reach out to somebody and tell them about Jesus. That's that spiritual work. The Holy Spirit's working there. Therefore they said one to another, Hath any man brought him something to eat? And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I love to eat, but every time I eat, I ought to think, I need to feed spiritually too. I need to feed spiritually. I need to have a hunger to be fed spiritually that way. Every day I need him. In John the 15th chapter, I'm skipping through stuff, but in John the 15th chapter, another one of those illustrations, DJ, it's about the physical meaning of spiritual things. Jesus is walking by the, the vine, the, the grape vines, and he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, that bring, the same will bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. How many knows we're to abide in him? 
He ain't talking about you're a branch that's going to bring forth grapes. He's talking about you bringing forth fruit unto the master. Fruit of the gospel being given to someone else. And it begins to multiply. Illustration after illustration all through the Bible. All through the New Testament. Jesus is talking. He may be talking about a physical thing. But look at the spiritual side of what he's saying. to enter into the rest by believing Jesus is all you need he's what you need when you accept him the Holy Spirit is the promise that comes from accepting Christ and you have exactly what you need to walk to the end of this race and to be victorious the victory in Jesus is in that walk it's the way he's going to keep you. And if you don't have that, you won't be kept because fear and doubt will overtake you. There's nothing. You ain't got enough money to buy it away. I, you know what? A, a dollar bill wouldn't help my father. A million dollars wouldn't help my father. He couldn't live here no longer. Wouldn't have saved him. I have to have hope in something beside this world. I got to believe what Jesus has said. I got to put my faith in him. There's another rest coming. It's that millennial rest where the lion will lay down by the lamb. I read that this week. And I thought, what a day coming. What a day coming. What a day. I can't imagine. I watch these sometimes. I see these... Uh, animal shows one of the animals running out of the woods attacking another one and I think one day that rest will come and the lion will lay down by the land isn't that neat I'm going to tell you something that sounds physical but the animals wasn't created to chew each other up they were created to live in the very rest of God he does beautiful things. We're not to eat and devour each other. We're not to work under the torment of fear because in fear we'll attack each other. We have to come to the place where we say, Lord, I trust you. Whatever's going on, Lord, I just want to be at rest. I'm not going to let the enemy upset me. I'm going to be at rest. You don't think I get upset, but I can tell you, I get upset. I get upset. And sometimes my wife can see it. Sometimes she, she don't snap her fingers no more, but she can see it on me. She'll tell me, settle down. It's all right. You know what? We have that. We need that around God's people. We need somebody to encourage us that God's here and he's okay. He knows all about it and he'll help you get through it. Jesus was attacked on every side. He still had a rest inside him. He still could pray and love people that didn't love him at all. That's who we are to be. Everybody stand if you will.
Do you need an adjustment today? You don't need to go to my chiropractor for your back, but you need to come to the Spirit of God. You need to come and let Jesus be first in your life. Put your faith back where it belongs. Put it in Jesus. Rest in Him. Find that rest. Strive to find that rest. And when you find it, stay in it. Don't let the enemy hit back in the door. He has rest for every one of us. There's rest in knowing Him. Praise God. While they sing, you come. We have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Him. Yes, we have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Him. Oh, we have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Christ the Lord. All oh, that's worship Him, Christ the Lord. So forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. So forget about yourself, concentrate on Him and worship Him. Oh, forget about yourself, concentrate on Him. This is holy ground. 
holy ground I talked to that couple people last night that were not Christians I'm not telling on them not judging them but what would make them think they would leave a world of so much fear doubt and hate and evil to come into a house if there was not the holiness and the rest in the people this needs to be a place when they enter in they feel secure and safe at home don't you don't you understand that that's what Jesus was those that came to Jesus just wanted to get near enough to touch him I want this house to be a lighthouse I want this place to be a place when people come in they don't feel judgment and hardness. They feel love and grace and mercy that will draw them. You know when Randy and him goes down to the, to the nursing home, looks on the faces of their elders, they don't want to think they're coming down here to win some award. They just come down there to love those people and let them know Jesus still loves them and he's still alive. And he's still reaching out to them. Don't you understand? That's what our call is. We're to be a house of rest. A place of rest. That's what Jesus died to give us. To make this place. And that means we can't be judges of everybody. We just got to be receivers of his sweet spirit. And keep believing him keep trusting and keep opening the door. I want them people that was there last night to come and I can see God working on them. And can I tell you, when they come, I want God's love to be here. And I want God's presence to be here. That they'll know Jesus is in the house. Praise God. Woman at the well tried to argue with Jesus. Tried to bait where they're supposed to worship at one mountain or the other but Jesus began to tell her all about herself not in judgment he did it because he loved her he even went that way so he could reach her that's who we are that's who we're to be find your rest in the Lord find your rest in the house of God Live it, love it, cherish it, treasure it, and walk in it every day of your life. God will do a great and mighty work in you. And your children, if they're ever to find their way to God, they're going to have to see you walking what you're talking. They're going to have to see you living. Don't pacify them. Don't tell them it's okay. It's not okay. You want them, you want to see them in heaven. There's been many uh, mothers that's left this life and fathers 
that have testified to their children and live for God and never say all their children get saved, but their prayers are still working on those children. You can write it down. That's God's word. Praise God for his grace and mercy today.